this is Sophie and this is the Levant X podcast and we are so happy to have you listening today. Some interesting topics and a very integral one to say the least and that is the kafala system here in Lebanon. We will be discussing that further. Um, are you are you involved with anything or working to abolish the system in the GCC or is your main focus Lebanon? No, we're all about Lebanon because um, everyone involved in this is Lebanon has a personal interest. We were all there for varying levels of t- uh, lengths of time. But between us, we have over 95 years of experience in Lebanon. Wow. And uh, how far, for, for those who don't know, how far back does the kafala system go in, in, in the law? Like how long has it been present and how hard uh, would it be? Um, well, you're saying it could take five minutes, but I'm trying to think now is... Is there any way that your organization could be involved with rallying? As you said, the, the youth of Lebanon is against it. Do understand, uh, do understand you know, what the kafala system means and what it's doing to these ladies. Um, the kafala system it's not does a law. That, that's, that's a common misunderstanding that it's a law. It's not mentioned in, in any legal texts in Lebanon. Kafala is just a set of administrative practices. That's all it is. So it, and a, a, a practice can be stopped immediately. In fact, these uh, domestic workers in Lebanon are specifically excluded by the labor laws. So there, uh, Lebanon is only one of two countries in the world that excludes domestic workers from all labor laws. Like a pencil has more rights under the law than a domestic worker. And why, why, invisible, would, why would they invisible. do that? Why would they do that? What, are they benefiting just because of the money that's coming in? Is that why they're doing it? Yeah, it's better than drugs. Wow. It's a huge source of money. It's the main revenue source for general security. And, and you know, all the people at the top, like the head of military intelligence, he had two Filipino maids he was abusing. So, of course, I mean, like, who's, who, wants, who at the top wants to change that? No, they don't seem to want to change much anyway. No, so. but the problem with the domestic workers is that actually two corpses are being exported from Lebanon every week. Oh, my god! And that's according to official um, general security figures. And, and was, these uh, girls have been murdered? Um, some of them are clearly are murders. Yeah, like Faustina Tay, one of our cases, we, we are convinced by, by the audio evidence and everything we had that she was murdered a few months back. So, But um, some of them are botched escape attempts. Quite a few probably fall into that category. Some are suicides of girls who have just given up hope. Um, yeah, all of those reasons. So but it's you- probably a lot higher than two per week, actually. That's two you know, according to official general security figures. So, so that's corpses that are leaving. Uh, apparently, there are quite a few brown Jane Does in the morgues. So it's, it's higher than two per week. That's, that's some crazy numbers you're giving me there, Patricia. That's, uh, a, a, and, and the thing is, you don't even hear about it. You, you really no, and don't what, even what else, hear about um, it. The, the media always quotes the figure of there are at least 250,000 domestic workers in Lebanon but there are actually um, conservatively 500,000 and probably a lot higher than that. So we're talking about half a million girls. And some, when I say girls, some of them come as young as 14 with yeah. fake passports. 
So it's not like derogatory when I say girls. They literally are girls. And most of them are younger than 25. So we're talking about, you know, half a million girls who are basically enslaved now. Does this just apply to the domestic workers or because, I mean, I currently live in Lebanon and I do see a lot of Bangladeshi uh, males. Um, they work for uh, the, gar- the garbage the garbage disposals yeah. and, and, and they work in supermarkets. Do, 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 does the kafala system apply to them as well? Oh, well, yes, it does. But those the people that you see in the supermarkets, I don't know if you realize, they're not getting paid. They don't get paid, and even their tips, are, they're, they're, they're getting paid now, if they're getting paid, 300,000 Lebanese lira a month. So you do the math, and those Bangladeshi guys that you see have paid between four to 6,000 US dollars to go to Lebanon and work. So, uh, and their employers won't, don't have money to send them home. They're indentured servants. Oh, this is crazy. I, I don't even know. Like, I, I'm a bit flabbergasted, Patricia. I don't even know where to take this conversation. It, it's, it's it's just what everything that you're saying to me just feels like there's a there's a wall, you know, and and the wall is the government. And unfortunately, uh, from uh, as we all know, over the last year, there's just there's uprisings, there's revolutions. Everyone is trying to speak out for their basic human rights as the population and citizens of this country, let alone those. Or not even citizens of Lebanon. Yeah, well, domestic workers, I mean, we know the suffering of Lebanese at the moment. Of course, we know that. But uh, domestic workers are at the very, very bottom of the food chain. They so what what, what 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 can we help uh, do by in this conversation? How can we... Uh, do you do you want to mention the crowdfunding campaign you've got going on? Because I'm sure there's definitely people listening right now and are thinking, how can I help? How can they help? Uh, there's two things. They can support us by liking or following our Facebook page. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. So follow us on the social media platforms. And in fact, um, comments from from. I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but it's true, from white foreigners um, hold a lot of weight with Lebanese because black lives have never really mattered in Lebanon. But comments from um, Western foreigners, uh, they're very sensitive to that. So comment on our posts, say you're following and you don't find this acceptable. And um, go on to our website, thisislebanon.news, and from there you can see different ways to be involved. You know, we're... We have people volunteering with us. We have um, people buying tickets. You know, we need we need to get these girls home. So those are the two main ways. Yeah, I know, because I remember we chatted the other day and uh, I have elder parents and um, I was looking for someone to uh, to come and take care of the house and stuff like that. And uh, mm-hmm. because of all of the different stories that have come out, I felt like I needed to help one of these girls that have either found themselves on the street or sleeping under a tree. Or, I mean, I've been seeing the pictures. Some of them were pregnant and giving birth on the street, as far mm-hmm. as I've been made aware by some of my friends that are journalists. So, um, and I did, I had a chat with you and um, I've been trying to get in touch with the Migrant Community Center as well in the country. However, they don't seem mm-hmm. to be answering the phone. <laughs> They're probably busy like us. <laughs> We're all busy at the moment. I, I basically had, I've 
given up sleeping. Yeah, I know. Well, when I spoke to you, you said I go to bed at three o'clock every morning. So let's see what time we can actually figure out how to have this conversation. And I'm so glad yeah. we've managed to catch you because you're saying things to me. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're all aware of the situation. It's not that we're not, but the, the numbers that you're giving me, the, the cases that you're giving me and the work that you've been trying to do, it, it's, it's, it's crazy that still nothing has been done. And still no action has been taken. So the only thing that I can say today is, is, is there a plan maybe to rally the youth of Lebanon to try to help um, get this system, as we call it, since it's not a law, abolished? I don't know, honestly. I mean, I don't. I, I think that there is growing awareness amongst young people, but as far as you know, something practical being done by them to bring change, I don't know. Most Lebanese are pretty much fixated on their own problems at the moment. They're always like, you know, we'll fix our problem and then we'll look at this other problem. But this, <laughs> the time for these girls never comes. What is your? What are the latest cases that you found in uh, re- most recently? What have you come across that has been seriously um, blown your mind? Uh, one Ethiopian girl that hadn't been paid for seven years and had started to lose her eyesight from crying. Um, we managed to help her escape, and she's now home, but she didn't get paid her salary because her employers. Um, divorced and went bankrupt and there was no, she just wanted to get home in the end. And that's the problem that um, to stay and fight for these cases, they would have to stay, you know, maybe unpaid for three years in the country before it ever went to court. So the authorities rely on the, on the fact that these girls just want to get home and the, the cases never see the light of day in the courts. So she went home after seven years of being a slave without any salary. Oh, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what questions to ask you anymore. We've got <laughs> to a point of no return and it just feels so hopeless. I mean, for all of you guys who are listening, I mean, I, I'm sure you're feeling just the way I'm feeling. What can I do? How can I do it? Where can I do it? What should I do? So uh, as Patricia mentioned, everyone, I think that's listening, please do head on to the head on to the site, comment, try to flag this as much as you can. I know you guys have got a lot of different things going on in your lives, but uh, one share or one comment's not going to take too much time. And uh, honestly, um, being being living in Lebanon for a while, it's it's something that's, as you said, it's always been under the carpet or it's been so hidden that uh yeah, all these girls the population don't know about it yeah these we call these girls the invisible girls because uh all of this stuff happens behind closed doors and nobody knows about it and that's why we started the page up just to you know to bring these stories into the light but um they are invisible so if you're in Lebanon uh, be aware of what's happening in your neighbor's house or in in your apartment building because there may actually be a girl in serious trouble, you know, in very close proximity to you. 
Well, I know I know about a story which I find quite interesting, and I just want to discuss it with you. I'm not going to name names here because um, this 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 man has found himself uh, in really derogatory situations and in jail and being beaten and tortured. Now, he was born and raised here, um, but he isn't Lebanese. Uh, he's Eritrean. He's mm-hmm. from uh, Africa, but he considers his, himself Lebanese since this was his home and this was where he brought up, he, he was brought up and this is where his friends are and this is where his life is. However, mm-hmm. he doesn't exist. And he's every stateless. time, yeah, he's stateless. So every time he's picked up or or, or, or goes through a checkpoint or is caught, um, he's chucked in jail and there's no one that can fight for him. But he keeps finding himself back out of jail and on the street. Um, he's never been deported. Yeah, he's never been deported and he hasn't left. What does, what, who, wh- as you said, he's stateless. <laughs> what do we do with, I, I'm sure he's one of, of, of many. I mean, yeah. how do you even locate these people? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're, we have a laser-like focus on, on migrant domestic workers. We know that there are bigger problems as well, but the, the housemaids are kind of more than enough for us to deal with. Well, I do. I also do know that there are a lot of housemaids here that um, are are have like illegal paperwork, and they're living on their own, and they're renting houses and stuff, and they're trying to live like citizens of Lebanon. However, they might have worked for a really nice employer previously too, and the and the employer doesn't want them, but still signed them off with their sponsor, but lets them live freely in the country. If these women mm. could be caught. I mean, they're chucked in jail. Yeah, and that's illegal. That's illegal because um, they have to, under the administrative practices, they have to live in the house of their kafil or their sponsor. So their situation is quite um, risky as well. And anyway, like, are they finding work these days? Even those girls want to go home. Well, I did have a chat with three Filipino housemaids and um, they do live on their own. They're not living with their kefil and they are working uh, daily and they're making quite a bit of money, actually. And some of them are being paid in dollars. Um, Maybe they're they're the lucky ones. But then uh, but then. Because as I said to you, I've been looking to see who I can help that's in the country that maybe hasn't been paid for seven years and needs some money, you know, needs to send some money home. And, and I'm willing to open that door. But uh, it, you, you know what's funny? We're, we're sitting here talking about it being so derogatory and, 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 and the way that they're living is so bad. But what every single one that I've spoken to has told me, no, I'm fine. I make a lot of money. I make up to three to four million lira a month working in 10 to 15 different houses. Yeah, because you're, you're, you have access to the, those ones. The ones that, are, that have the problems are the contract maids who don't have any freedom of movement and you, you have no way of talking to them because they, they don't have a voice. How are they getting in touch with you? Um, often it'll be another domestic worker in the building, maybe on a on a balcony, you know, above or below her, or the families more and more in the sending countries are becoming a, aware of this. Like there was a, a family who lived in a very very remote village in Nepal, and they contacted us because because a a girl from that village had gone back from Lebanon and told them about us, and uh, their sister had been ten years in Lebanon and employed by a doctor and um, they hadn't heard from her and she hadn't sent money home. So we got her home. 
So oh, but she was, was alive at, at the, in the end. She was alive, yeah. But the the kafir had told her that all her family had died in the earthquake. Oh my so she God. was under the mistaken belief that her family were all dead. And, um, so she wasn't sending anything home. home? No. And she's she's gone home um, mentally. I don't even know how to describe her. She, she's, um, she won't talk to strangers. She doesn't want strangers in the house. She's she's mentally a mess since she got back from Lebanon. So, are you guys helping with any form of mental uh, uh, mental help afterwards, or is it is it just sort of let's get them out and get them to a safe space? And it depends on the country. So, in Kenya, where there's a a group um, who've um, former domestic workers actually who've set up a group called Send Us Home Kenya. And um, they're putting together some, you know, some access to psychotherapy and stuff like that. But um, our, it's difficult for us. We don't have the, you know, we don't have the resources to do that very much. All right, Patricia, I think I've taken a, uh, too much of your time. I'm sure you've got so many things that you should be doing. Um, thank you so much for highlighting uh, the situation, the the system as a whole, and what you have been trying to do and your organization has been working around the clock to make these differences. So I'd like to thank you again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And um, we will be highlighting and uh, tagging and creating as much awareness as possible. So for all of those listening, please, as, as mentioned by Patricia, the kafala system is a system. It can be abolished. It's not something set in stone, set in law that could take years to change. So uh, once, it, once we really do make a big um, noise about this, we could possibly change this system, help these women and find some form of normalcy for those that are struggling uh, to survive in the country at the moment. Mm. Thanks very much for having me, Sophie. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you very much. So for all of those listening, please catch us on www.levantx.com. You can follow the website. And uh, we would love to hear from all of you. You can send in your comments and uh, we'll be happy to talk and answer and start to engage on topics like this. These topics need serious discussion. So uh, thank you all for listening and catch you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.